right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Hurt Business Podcast. And we got a special one today, as we say for all our guests. But this one's a reoccurring one, so it's especially special. Uh, we have today this number two ranked active welterweight in New England, Mr. Jojo Gianetti, who's fighting this Saturday at Cage Titans. And we're excited to talk about it. Appreciate your time, brother. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. A little sweaty. Just fancy good workout. Uh, I rested yesterday instead of today, so I had to make up for it. But now that that's over with, I feel good and I can relax for the rest of the night. Hell yeah, man. Getting mean so. and lean and mean for this Saturday, huh? Yes, sir. It feels good being at 170. Yeah. Well, let's let's start there, man. Because when we yeah. first did our interview, you were at 55 or 50, right? 55. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. And then and then this jump to welterweight. Talk about that, man. How does that feel physically, mentally? Uh, it feels great. I mean, so after my last fight, I was planning on honestly taking the rest of the summer off, maybe the rest of the year um, for no other reason other than it's really expensive for me to put on these fight camps that I put on, you know, uh, between sponsors and myself, like that's how my fight camps get funded. I go across the country to California mm-hmm. and train at AKA um, and I either live in my bus that I converted or, you know, the last camp out there, I lived in my car for five weeks. And then mm-hmm. luckily one of my friends had bought a house. So I was able to stay with him for the last two weeks out there. Um, but even in just my car, it's expensive. California's expensive. Travel's expensive. And, oh, yeah. you know, this this fight came around. Um, Trevor beat one of my coaches who hadn't fought in, like, 10 years and was kind of feeling himself about it. I didn't really like the way he carried himself over the win. You know, not to say it's not a big deal to beat him, but it's also one of those things where it's like, the guy picked you after 10 years off. Like, he didn't pick a slouch. So it's like, put some respect on somebody that's been fighting since before me and him didn't put gloves on. Um, and, like, no disrespect to him. I just didn't think it's a necessary fight to have to put myself through paying to get out to AKA. Not that I could, if I wanted to, um, but just, it's also a mental reset. You know, I haven't had a summer in the last two years, you know, last summer I stayed at AKA for two and a half months and didn't see my girlfriend, my friends, my family. And then half the summer I was gone. So being at home, training with my friends, seeing my girlfriend and my family, you know, mentally I'm in a great spot. And because I just had that camp at AKA, a month and a half ago, two months ago, I'm still physically in a great spot. Now I just get to eat a couple extra steaks. Oh yeah. 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 That's, that's definitely good, man. To, you know, it's, and if people don't know, AK, it's a very, very notable gym. Uh, I mean, you get guys like Habib that train out of there. I'm sure he trains guys in there quite a bit. Uh, I'm sure you've seen yeah, him as well. Last camp he was, he was running every class last camp. He, mm-hmm. he ran a oh, really? every day. Yeah. Damn. How was that? Like he's, Damn, like how that was the that hardest like? camp, hardest, hardest <laughs> camp of my life for sure. Um, you know, and it, and it was bittersweet. My last fight when my opponent pulled out, uh, it was supposed to be at 155, and then I got a last minute replacement on short notice, which I was thankful for. But it was at 165, which, like, in the moment was like cool, I get to eat a little bit more. But I was on such a perfect track to make 55 again mm, and uh, piss yeah. off the haters that I was like, damn, I will wait till next time. And now I'm fighting at 170, so we'll wait till the one after this. <laughs> Yeah. And those who don't know, he's fighting for the vacant 170 belt, right? Yes, sir. So two two division champ coming soon. Champ champ status? Champ. Yes, sir. Champ <laughs> champ status. Okay, yes, okay. Sir. Nice ring to it. Yes, sir. Yeah, it Are you is that like the first time in Case Titans history? Do you know? Yes, I would be the first one. So I was they told me I was the first one to win the amateur belt and then go on to win the pro belt in the same weight class. And now if I win Saturday, I'll be the first one to be professional champ champ at Case Titans. Wow. wow. My guy That's Jojo a- doing big things <laughs> out here, man. UFC got to be calling, man. You, you, you they, we got to make a statement. 
we gotta we gotta let them know hell yeah man your last one was a great one man i was telling josh about it uh, uh yeah. like last week whenever we were starting to prepare for the pod the finish was crazy for the people who weren't there and haven't seen the clip basically jojo's fighting this dude they're on the ground. You look over and it looks like you say something to somebody in the audience <laughs> and then you finish the submission. <laughs> Wild. So it, it was one of my coaches, um, my coach, Tyler, he doesn't even like what I call him a coach. He's a buddy of mine. We trained together. And uh, he was telling me to stuff the head, spin behind, you know, work back control, work your hooks and uh, beat the hell out of him. But, you know, I didn't even have my, my arm around his neck yet, but just the way that he was sitting there trying to drive that single leg and, and the way I had my hip down, I knew I could get it at any point. So I was like, I have it. And he was like, what? And I was like, no, I, I have it. Like, I'll like, you say, yeah, I'm going for it. And he was like, all right, all right, go for it. And then I grabbed <laughs> his neck and after, after the fight, he was like, you didn't have it when you asked, did you? And I was like, no, 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 but I knew I'd have it. So I just wanted to make sure you weren't going to be pissed if I didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's up. It. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty interesting clip. It, people will put it on the Instagram so people can, uh, can see that again. But um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess like, you know, since we're on the talk of the whole 170, um, last time we spoke with you, you fought for the 155, which you won. Uh, so that was great. Um, so what do you feel like? How do you feel overall? Do you feel like what certain areas do you feel like you've gotten better at since the last time we spoke, which was about a year ago? It, it almost seems like, right? Yeah, I think almost like almost exactly a year, right? Yeah. Somewhere close. My, my, when I fought for the belt originally, it was the end of August last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel, I felt like the back camp, the last time we talked, I was so confident and I'm even more confident now and not because of like what type of opponent I'm fighting or the matchup, but just because I know the sacrifices that I've made in the last year and the year prior to that even. And I know how hard I've been pushed. Like I said, every time I've gone on to AKA in the last year has been the hardest time in my life, the hardest training sessions. And this last trip out to AKA was by far the hardest. And if I have a harder camp after this, it's going to suck. <laughs> I'm looking forward <laughs> to the results, but it's going to suck. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, being able to come home and I'm, I'm fighting again, and but I get to see my family and my friends and everything. Mm. It's like I said, it's almost like a mental reset. So it's like my confidence is still growing and my skills are still growing. And I think it's something that I just, before my comeback, after the, the two losses at LFA, I, I kind of hit this wall. Like I wasn't getting better. And it sounds weird to say, like you almost have to consciously force yourself to get better. Like you, you can't mm -hmm. just show up and put in the work, which like, you know, coming up, that, that's what I always did. Put your head down, bust your ass, work as hard as you can. And like, you'll win and you'll get better. And that happened for a majority of my career. And then, you know, I, I took a couple losses and I, I didn't know what was going on because I was busting my ass. It wasn't a lack of hard work, but it's just, you have to consciously try and get better. You know, it's not like I never wanted to get better. I just wasn't. And now it's like every day I'm constantly trying to get better, doing shit that I'm bad at. And I tell people all the time uh, that train with me on the daily or people that train with me for the first time, because I see it, they don't say it, but I see it. We'll train together. And they always kind of give me this look like that guy, like they see me fight and they train with me and it's like two different people. And it's because I I'm working stuff that I'm bad at every single day. And so, you know, I get my ass kicked every single day. Guys that kind of just train as a hobby, guys that don't ever want to fight but train consistently, put my ass in the gym all the time. Yeah. And they're like, how the hell is this guy like, like a winning fighter? Like how, like, how is he successful? And it's, I don't do the things that I'm really, really good at. I force myself to do things I'm bad at. I work out of bad positions. 
I get tapped out in the gym all the time. Uh, and it's just always funny when I see somebody, you know, another local fighter, Hey man, we got to get work together. And then they whoop my ass in the gym and they're like, huh. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to beat you with, with stuff I'm bad at. And they like, mm. look at me confused. And I know some people don't believe me when I say it because they think it's almost an ego thing. Like, yeah, he needs an excuse, but it's like, yeah. dude, I get beat up every day. I don't need an excuse. I have no ego when it comes to the gym. As long as I win my fight on fight night and I get my check, I don't give a shit about what happens in the gym. Hey, man. It's, all that, it's all that matters, right? Just get in mm-hmm. the dub. Get in the dub. No, that's that's really interesting, man. Um, yeah, I, can, I guess that kind of ties in to just kind of having a good mentality. And you seem like you've always had a good mentality, even back then. Um, so that's kind of, you know, it definitely translates when you fight in there, man, because you're, you're a very interesting guy and uh, your, your, your style is very unique as well. Um, I meant to ask you, I didn't ask you this last time I've seen you. Um, how often do you spar and do you like sparring? Um, I spar when I go out to AKA. Okay. Other than that, I, I probably spar like once a week and it's super light and it's with, and it's only usually because other guys are like, wow, I need to get some rounds and I haven't sparred in a while. And I'm like, yeah, I'll give you a couple rounds. I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of sparring. I'm, mm. I'm a fan of playing tag with punches and kicks mm. as we call it. Um, <laughs> I mean, but it's another thing I try to tell guys, sparring is the same way. You have to spar and try to consciously get better. You know, guys try to win the round when they spar and they don't get better. They eat punches they shouldn't eat. They land stuff that normally wouldn't land. And it's usually in 16-ounce gloves. But in four-ounce gloves, they don't remember any shot can put you out. The dumbest punch, just a little glance off the chin or off the temple, and you're unconscious. And something that you've probably been hit with a million times in sparring, um, and that's just like, it's like that Russian roulette feeling that you need to know that at any point you can spin the barrel and it's loaded and, and guys don't spar like that. They, they just go out and they go, Oh, I took that punch. I'm fine. Now let me land this one. And you know, best guys in the world can be having the best rounds ever. And it's still not realistic. So I just feel like you can have a really hard sparring round without hard strikes. You know, like my hardest rounds are rounds where guys are hitting me in the body hard on the ground and we have to grapple and I have to work my way up and then we can strike, but hard striking and sparring when you get to a certain level of striking, I just honestly think it's pointless. And more and more, you see guys at the top of the sports thing, right. best guys in boxing. I made a post about this recently. Um, you know, I became a, like huge, I'm a huge bandwagon. I'll admit it. Tiafimo <laughs> Lopez. Uh, I jumped on the bandwagon after he beat uh, Loma and I didn't even follow his career close enough to know that he was fighting a couple weeks ago. And we were at my buddy's house watching UFC, UFC ended. And then they started talking about his fight. And I was like, oh, he's fighting like that's awesome. He's a killer. And then everybody on top rank starts tearing into him about how he didn't spar for more than two weeks for his camp. He was like, yeah, I sparred the first two weeks of my camp. And then I didn't spar at all. And I'm seeing like the like greats, like the greats of boxing just being like, oh, he needs to put more work in. He's not working hard enough. He's got to be careful, da, da, da. And then he goes out and wins by knockout in the seventh and looks fantastic. Mm. It's just an, it's just a new age. And I'm not saying that it's that way for everybody. You know, that's the whole, that's why we love the sport. Everything is different from everybody. But I think for striking, at least you're going to see the best guys sparring less and less. And you need to spar starting out. You need to, as stupid as it sounds, you need to know what punches you can take, what bad positions to work out of. But eventually you need to work your way out of that. You got to phase out. There's other exercises to get better at striking, bag work, shadow boxing, line drills, pad work. And I think the older guys in the sport aren't ready to transition to that yet. 
Mm. Yeah. It's kind of like that in every sport where the old heads are always in denial and they're not ready for the new wave and the more smart. Oh, 100%. Approach. I mean, I mean, the biggest thing I see, like I used to follow before I found MMA, I used to follow like every sport. And now I just kind of dabble with everything. And I'm just hardcore following MMA as a fan and a fighter. But like, mm. I still see like basketball, the NBA, the amount of times yeah. I hear, Oh, well he'd never survive in this day and age and this, this, and this. And it's like the guys nowadays are such freak athletes compared to the guys back then. Not saying those guys weren't great. Michael Jordan's one of my favorite basketball players of all time. But the, the, the science we have now with recovery and supplements and all that stuff, the athleticism nowadays is unreal. And 20 years from now, they're going to be saying that about that time right. compared to now. 100% agree. It's just yeah. an evolving thing. It's better and better with time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to resort this conversation back to AK for a sec. Because at the beginning, you talked about Khabib and him running the sessions. And for me, Khabib is like, like top five, just all-time athletes, just across the board, every sport. Like that's one of the goats for me. Uh, so without giving up too much that you learned or any specific things that you kind of want to hide from the public, what are some some little pointers and things you learned just from the way he approaches the game and mentally and uh, his preparation and stuff and the way he teaches? I mean, mentality-wise, it's just one of those things where it's like, when an ounce of doubt starts to creep in, you just have to ask yourself how hard you worked and if you worked as hard as you could. And if you did, like if there's nothing else you can do, then there's nothing to worry about because stressing is not going to change it. Go do what you do, do your best, and whatever happens, happens. And it's funny because even before, you know, I've worked with Khabib before. I sparred with him when he was getting ready for McGregor. He whooped my ass. We weren't super close. I was just, I was just a body getting thrown in to help him out. And, uh, but, you know, the last camp out there and more so the last camp, but even the one before that, we kind of got closer and closer. And this last time out there, you know, he was messing with me. We were joking around and stuff. So we got kind of close. And but before that, I was trying to get myself to that mentality because I have, I think, honestly, not to diminish or make excuses for any of my losses, but every loss that I have, I can honestly say that I didn't perform to the best of my ability. And I know that's the goal. It's the, it's the goal for my opponent to implant to to do his thing and stop me from doing my thing. But with that being said, I know that all four of my losses, I walked into the locker room and went, that, oh, my, my gym's <laughs> on a timer. Don't mind that. All good, all good. No worries. Uh, but I knew that all four of those losses, I walked into the locker room and I was like, that was about 50% of my skill. That was about 50% of my technique. I didn't do any of the things right. I didn't do my best. And the majority of them were, it was all mental. It was just, I was stressed about like, did he work harder than me? Is he better than me here? Is he going to beat me here, here, and here? And when I took that year off, I made it a point and a promise to myself. I wrote it down that no matter what happens moving forward, every fight, I'm going to do my best, whether I have the best camp or the worst camp. And we've seen that recently. My second to last fight, I had one of the worst camps ever. And I just kept telling myself, you're going to do the best you can with what you have. And Javier Mendez out of AKA is also somebody I can attribute that to because as I'm trying to align myself with that mindset, I've got Khabib chirping in my ear about it. And then I'll never forget second to last camp. I had one of the worst sparring days ever. I got my ass kicked bell to bell. And like I said, I normally don't mind, but it was certain positions that I usually thrive. Just did it. Nothing went right. And I felt horrible going into practice. And Javier even said, are you sure you want to spar if you don't feel well? And I was like, no, I need to. I need to push through it. I got I got to know that I can. And I was furious after the rounds, throwing my gloves. And he came over to me and he was like, listen, 
you got to just do your best. You can't expect yourself to give 100% if your body can only give 75%. But if 75% is your best, you give 75% and what happens, happens. It's all this physically possible. And you just can't beat yourself up about it. And, and it's just, like I said, aligned with what I've been trying to mentally put myself through. So every fight since then and going forward, whether it's the best or worst camp, I'm going to give it my all. And when I get out, I'm going to have nothing to hang my head on. Whether I get knocked out unconscious, choked unconscious, win in five seconds, I don't care. I will not hang my head because I'll put everything into that fight. Mm. Yeah, that's, that is a incredible mindset, man. But mind you guys, this guy's only 27 years old. Uh, I know you don't look at it like that, but you, you kind I've of I've been doing are, it for a while. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing it for a while, man. But at 27, that is a crazy mentality to have, man, to kind of go into the sport this way. Um, but that just shows the maturity, right? The, the maturity and just kind of being in the fight game for a, a while now. Um, yeah. And, and I think that that's, and, and I said this before and it might've just been hopeful thinking, but like, you know, when I got cut after the ultimate fighter finale, I was like, you know, even if it's alive, let's just say Dana saw something and he knew I had to mature. And, you know, there's no point of, of killing my career off by fighting UFC killers at 22 when I wasn't ready. So that's what I told myself for a while, whether it's true or not. Nowadays, I don't care because it's happened. I've matured um, and I've done I've made a lot of improvements and they're just going to keep coming. Hey, man, that's the most important thing is you kept getting better with all this time. So that 22 year version of yourself is not is not the same Jojo that's going to pull up in the UFC next year. You know what I mean? I kill that 22 year old version. And when I was 22, <laughs> I always wanted to get better. But I thought I was on my way to be the one of the best. Uh, and I was. But just a lot slower than I thought. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Everybody has their road, man. Well, that's a fun question. Let me ask if this version of uh, Gianetti fought the 22 version, how does that fight go down? Oh my God. It'd be vicious. It would need a stretcher <laughs> to take that kid out of there. It's so bad. <laughs> like, like first round KO. We talked like about first mission. round. Yeah. First round. I like, I probably knocked myself out in like a minute wow. because other me just would probably shell up under the big lights and get in his own head. And, you know, me, it's just, I don't care who's across from me. I sparred with the best guys in the world. You know, Khabib's cousin Usman's fighting for the Bellator lightweight title in October. Yeah. I, sp I sparred with him all throughout my last camp. He's about to become one of the best lightweights Crazy. in the world. Yeah. And I do rounds with him. So I don't care about any of these guys that step across from me. Mm. Yeah. That's one guy Josh has said on our podcast so many oh, times that it's like the future of the of the lightweights stuff it's unreal yeah it's I mean, unreal. He's, a, he's a killer man yeah he's he's incredible man i've been saying for a while because i've been watching his career like very closely and i can uh, i mean i'm not gonna sit here and act like like anybody could have said it like this guy was gonna be fighting for a championship belt two years ago but yeah that kid that guy is absolutely incredible like just the level of that level of wrestling is Damn, like it, it's like nobody has figured that style out yet, right? Like the Dagestani yeah. style of wrestling, it's like very interesting. Like nobody's kind of figured out how to get around it. I mean, different. he can strike, he can strike too, man. I think it's, yeah. it's something that a lot of people have, have sleeping on just by seeing his last name. Oh, another Nurmagomedov, he is another wrestler, da, da, da. and it's funny because his second to last fight, he went out and he's like, I want to show everybody I'm a grappler. And then he needs the guy in the stomach and finishes him. And he was, he was actually pissed. That's how he won. He wanted to show off his grappling. Yeah. And then uh, lucky enough, and lucky enough, but there you go. His last fight, he wins with the same choke that I won with. So I, was, I tagged him on Instagram. I was messing with him. I was like, oh, I did teach you something. <laughs> That's what's up. He's a, 
he's a wicked cool dude. Like I said, just like the like he was another big part of my last camp. Um, just, just a lot of the best, best people and best athletes on the planet. Just all having my back at that gym. That's why I love AKA. It's, it's freaking yeah. awesome. Yeah. You talked about uh, Javier Mendez earlier and how much he's, has he, has he been in the DMS, this, this training camp kind of giving you some words of encouragement? Uh, no, Javier's kind of like low key. Like when, when I'm not in California, he's super low key. And I always start to think, I'm like, is he like, does he even see my stuff? But it's funny, you know, so, uh, a couple of fights ago, I did unfortunately miss weight. And one of the first things he said when I came back was like, Hey, you're going to make weight this time. And I was like, you saw that? He was like, like, we see everything. And I was like, shit. Yeah. We're watching. But but he's always watching, you know, he always, after my fights, he'll always send me a message. Good job. You know, a couple of days later, work on this, work on this. So. You know, he might not say much until be- right before, right after the fight, but Javier and all them are always watching. You'd, you'd be a fool to miss a Joe Giannetti fight. Let me tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be a there fool. People are learning more and more. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that's why we're here, man. But, yeah, I mean, I guess let's, let's kind of revert to, to next week, man. I mean, so you're fighting this guy. He's 6'7". Uh, he's got – he's 4'2". Uh, pretty tall guy. Um what, what what kind of things are you expecting, man? Do you, do you kind of look at, I know you said you've kind of looked at him a little bit. You, you kind of know who he is. Uh, what, what sort of things are you expecting next week, man? Um, you know, my favorite thing, because a couple people have asked me that, like my friends and family, like close to me, like, oh, how do you yeah. feel fighting a tall guy and all this stuff? And my favorite thing, and I think my last three fights prior to this one, I think I'm being underestimated. You know, there's just certain things in the way guys, whether it's what they mean it or not, the way they post on social media, the way they talk to me when we do, you know, interviews at the same time over Zoom and all this stuff, like I can tell when someone's overlooking me and trying to pretend they're not. And I think I'm being underestimated again, which I love. Keep underestimating me. makes It drives me that much more and makes it mean that much more when I win. Um, but I think this is just going to be another one of those performances where I just mop the floor with them. I'm just so prepared. And I think that I'm so underestimated that I don't think he will, but I think people in the crowd will make excuses. You know, he had an off night. Oh, he only just got caught with this or that. Um, you know, like I said, it's just one of those things where I, I should be the underdog. I guess I'm coming up a weight class. He's heavier. He's taller. He's got longer reach, but I don't know, man. It just feels like it's my time. I'm, I'm putting all the work in whether it is or isn't. We'll know Saturday night, but I just feel like it's my time. I've still got guys in the UFC on my hit list. So we've got to take care of these guys first and make a point. We got to get the UFC to come back to Boston. We got to sell at the garden. There's a lot of things yes, that need to be do, done man. before I'm done in this game. Yes, hey, we do, man. Yes, Yo, we do. How electric would that arena be, man? In the TD, JoJo headlining. They don't even know. They they have no idea. I tell DC and Habib and they and we all laugh and joke about it, but like these people don't understand that we would sell the garden out so Easy. fast. Yeah, easily. easily and it would be it, it would be the highlight of my life i could win whether it's the prelims the co-main or the main event if Doesn't i win a matter. fight at the td garden i could die the next morning with a smile on my face like i, I grew up a boston sports fan before i found mma diehard red sox diehard celtics diehard bruins diehard patriots fighting at a place like that would be legendary hmm. Amen, man. man. And it would be legendary for us to to watch you, man. That, that would be super special watching the rise and eventually getting you in that spot one day. Um, and also allow me just to say, I don't want to hear no excuses from the fans that Trevor should have did X Stop or it. Y or Z. Stop it. Let's yeah. give flowers <laughs> when they're due. Let's, let's yeah. appreciate dominance when that does happen. So uh, 
luckily i will be in attendance this saturday i'll be oh, in the, let's go i'll be in the arena so for me and everybody else out there what should we expect fireworks same thing you've been seeing in the last three fights aggression dominance if even if i don't dominate i'm not going to back up i'm not going to cower i'm not going to quit and you can expect my best that's what i bring every time and it gets better and better every time so i'm looking forward to going out there and i'm looking forward to getting another belt on this shoulder and Giving some company to that one over there. Uh, look at that thing. <laughs> Amen. Add it to the display case, man. Hey, can we bring that so whenever you do it, we can have both belts on the shoulders and everything? Can, 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 oh, hell can yeah. we make that happen? Yes, yes. Hell yeah. Well, I can't wait to see it, man. This has been great. I feel like that's a perfect way to, to end this off and close out on that note. Uh, Joe, tell the people where they can find you, socials. Actionetti MMA everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, I'm all over the place. I'll be live on YouTube all the time playing Call of Duty and Fortnite, mm-hmm. getting absolutely destroyed by 10-year-olds. But it's a good time, so come hang out. <laughs> Amen. And, and Fortnite got the whole Goku situation this season. Oh, I'm all in, games. bro. You have, no, you have no idea. I'm all in on the Dragon Ball Z. Day yeah. one, bought all the skins. Oh, man, I'm, I, I'm like hiding. Okay. I'm, like, I'm like my girl's home, and I'm like, oh, I'm not doing anything. We dropped $50 in Fortnite real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't blame you, man. That it, like once you buy one, you just like I, I need the next one, and then the next yeah, one. Yeah, we can't like, leave Vegeta no, out of this. And uh, right. oh, we got Beerus over here. I did get him too. <laughs> uh, crazy, crazy, man. That's how they get us. But Joe, man, appreciate the time, brother. After the fight, let's get back on here, man. And I look forward to hopefully oh, yeah. meeting you on Saturday. Yes, sir. I'll see you there. <laughs>